0: No, I am not letting you out of this house. You can't stop me. Oh, oh yes. Um, you walk out of this house, don't even think about coming back. Okay, you walk out of this house, don't ever think think about coming back in. Struggles with your parents or struggles with your kids. You know how when they've turned teenagers, this is from Buffy. Buffy's around 16, 17, or she's a teenager. And she wants to leave. Her mother's a decent mother. And yet, listen to the power struggle that they get into. Mom puts down the gauntlet and says, "Uh, makes a challenge. You can't stop me. And her daughter says, oh, yes, I can. I will leave this house. So the point here is that you can't force a mind. When you try to, even as a good parent, you try to reach out to your kids and... Beat some sense into them. You can't beat sense into a kid. You need to reason with them. You need to reach them. You need to set limits and you need to have natural consequences. It's not that you let them run roughshod over you and you just lie down and be a doormat in life. It's that you need to set rational consequences for them and standards by which they act. And when you try to threaten them, it backfires. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. You're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness, toll-free, 877 r-k-e-n-n-e-r and right now I'm turning to the phones Richard, welcome to the show
1: Oh yes, thank you very much Thanks.
0: Tell me your question
1: Well, my question is uh, what can I do in a particular situation the situation I'm speaking about is uh, driving uh, be it every day going to work or taking a trip
0: Okay, uh, and what's the problem?
1: Well, I like to drive my car and I like to uh, drive my car uh, with the purpose of getting to my destination as quickly as possible.
0: Okay, are you a fast driver, a speed demon?
1: I'm not necessarily a speed demon, but if something can be done in 15 minutes as opposed to 35, then I'm going to uh, do that in 15
0: minutes. Okay, tell me the situation. When you're driving to work, is it a rural community? You know, I think of, I live out in the sticks. But when I go to work, I take the freeways. What's the Uh, situation? I'm
1: living in in a rural area, but I've lived in urban areas. Okay. Um, So
0: you're in a rural area, and what is the speed limit there?
1: Um, Most speed limits are 45, sometimes 35.
0: 35. And what do you want to go? Uh,
1: Whatever the uh, conditions of the road and the weather and the traffic will allow. Okay, but
0: give me numbers, Richard.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I would do 60 on some of these roads, which are posted at 35.
0: Okay. And when they're posted, are there homes in the area, kids on bikes?
1: Uh, No, there are limited access roads. um, There's nothing around to speak of.
0: Okay. So your question is what?
1: My question is, uh, other than driving the speed at which I choose to drive and accepting the, the responsibility for, or the possibility, I guess, of paying a speeding ticket, which I've done in the past, what else can I do?
0: You could challenge it legally. I'm sure you could go to your town council and just say that this seems unreasonable in this area or gather together with other people. I know we used to have a speed trap on Route 6 in Rhode Island. Uh, That was just atrocious. It was was a joke. They would have a limited access area on it, no homes, and uh, it was a huge hill that led right to the freeway, the on-ramp to the freeway. The police would always sit there and they would catch people. They would catch them even if they went over five miles over the speed limit. You know, usually you feel like you have that flexibility. So sure. you're you're saying what standards, by what standards should I use? Should I use the legal standards or should I use my own standards, which I judge to be appropriate? I'm assuming you're not drinking and driving.
1: Oh, not at all, no.
0: Okay, so what is the conflict that you're having internally?
1: The conflict that I have internally then is I guess that I'm living in a world in which It seems that uh, when someone is caught for going over the speed limit, most people that I talk to uh, generally default to the fact that that person is guilty of a crime where no rights have been violated. How many tickets have you gotten? Um, Let's see. I've gotten five tickets in my life.
0: Okay. And how old are you?
1: Thirty.
0: Thirty. So uh, you were driving at the age of around 16. Are they 30 recent tickets?
1: Uh, no, actually, I didn't start driving until I was twenty. I grew up in an urban area.
0: Okay, uh, so for ten years you've been, you've been—they've been spaced out. They've been uh, spaced out, so it isn't yeah. just a slew of them. Oh no. Okay, you could see that the, when you're in a free country. You can make this an issue in your life. Like of all the things on your platter right now, you want to ask yourself the question, why does this bother me? Why was this enough to trigger a phone call to Ellen? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And th- that, that's an important question to ask because you could have relationship problems. There could be other things. If your mind focuses on less significant things, say like speeding, rather okay. than something that's right up front and personal, a relationship that's falling apart, a career that's falling apart, then you don't want to use a question like you don't want to let this be a distractor in your life if this is something where you do have a personal interest in this for example i remember when i was on route six and i would see everybody pulled over and i actually that's the only ticket i ever got in my life was on route six i went to the traffic court and i saw what a clown the judge was an absolute clown I mean, in the worst sense. And the whole thing was just, it made a mockery of speed limits. It made a mockery of the law. And since then, they've stopped it. So there were people that had to have rallied to put an end to that. I was not one of them. I did not make that my uh, battleground in life. But you could do that. you I'll bet you would get a lot of support for certain areas where it legitimately should, there should be a higher speed limit in those limited access areas.
1: Okay. And I'm that conceding the the fact that there should be speed limits in the first place.
0: Oh, I think there should be so you need to have standards. I mean, if there weren't I I mean that's a whole other question and if that's your battleground in life again the question is why I got in the car with a relative. And I, my kids were always taught to put on their seatbelts. In fact, there was never a battle with them. They did it automatically, and it saved my son's life. His car flipped, and he was wearing a seatbelt. Okay. I got in the car with a relative who, I, I waited because in the car, I, when I drive a car, everyone puts on their seatbelt. Especially with my history of having my son now in my life, because he had his seatbelt on when his car, the window shattered. It flipped over, t- completely, total shattered, crushed and he lived because of his seatbelt, and this person has it as their their thing in life that they are never going to wear a seatbelt. I couldn't believe it. This is a rational adult. And so my question if he, this person were in therapy is I would want to explore the origins of that because that isn't random. You know for a person to make that their battleground that isn't random and the same with yourself. if you're upset about that, figure out what deeper issues are involved because it can't be just the speed limit. She wouldn't call me for just that issue itself. It's got to be linked to very to core issues within you to personal experiences and um, m- much more central issues and I would go for those Richard, rather than the speed limit. It's true I do go over the speed limit, I'll admit it. I don't go way over the speed limit, but when I judge that it's, it, it makes sense to do so, you know, on long passages, long stretches of roads where no one's around no cars, or even if there are cars, I feel like I'm a safe driver, but I will speed. Sometimes I go too slowly, and it drives my kids and my husband's cra- husband crazy. So it depends on my mood, my purpose, um, but I try to drive within limits anyway, even if it isn't completely the speed limit. So thank you for your call, and I'd be interested to hear back from you if you would discover any deeper issues. Uh, I'm Dr. Alan Kenny You're listening to The Rational Basis of Happiness. When we get back, I will talk about a woman who discovers at the age of 29 that her father is not her father, possibly. It may be that her uncle is her father.
1: Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke.
0: A source of friction in romance may appear when one partner makes considerably more money than the other. The higher income earner may feel entitled to make all the major financial decisions, and the one who earns less may feel like a second-class citizen. The big money maker could also be a cheapskate, spending much less than can readily be afforded, making the other feel devalued, determining who will manage the bill paying and in investments, possibly both partners budget amounts and categories, joint or separate savings accounts, and whether to have a prenuptial agreement, especially if one partner is wealthier than the other, are questions to explore when seriously considering a long-term partnership or marriage.
1: You can download chapter one for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.